Hello, this is the Education Exchange. I am Paul Peterson, Senior Editor at Education Next. The Trump administration has been trumping the virtues of vocational education. Secretary of Transportation Elaine Chao has said that many students could benefit more from a two-year vocational degree than a four-year academic degree. And the same idea has come up with respect to high schools. Do students who get a career in technical education as part of their high school diploma do better later in life than those who pursue a more general academic high school diploma? Well, some new research has been done on this particular topic by Albert Cheng and Colin Hitt. Uh, Albert Cheng is at Harvard University, and Colin Hitt is at Southern Illinois University School of Medicine. And the two of them together recently presented a paper at the American Enterprise Institute. I have with me today Albert Cheng, postdoc here in the program on education policy and governance at Harvard, uh, to discuss the details of this paper. And uh, well, Albert, it's great to have you here. What is the bottom line? The bottom uh, line. Yes. Is, is a career in technical education a waste of time, or does it turn out to be perhaps even more valuable than the academic degree? Well, thanks for having me here, Paul. Uh, so it turns out uh, we have several papers coming out, uh, not me personally, but at least a lot of emerging literature on career technical education uh, suggests that uh, they seem to be boosting educational attainment and improving labor market outcomes for students who participate in these programs. Well, let's take a deep dive into your particular project because it's only when you start looking at the particulars do you know whether or not we can believe these sure. studies in the emerging literature. And what you found is, is pretty interesting. So first of all, where did you get your information to, uh, to do your study? Yeah, so in our data, uh, we're actually sampling a, uh, or taking a nationally representative sample of uh, 10th graders. Uh, these were students who were 10th graders in 2002. Uh, and this is data provided by the US Department of Education, the Education Longitudinal Study of 2002. And uh, in our work, um, we're asking a slightly different question, not particularly if uh, CTE programs are effective, uh, but what we care about in this paper is trying to figure out, well, who are the students that enter CTE programs? And starting at that, uh, starting by answering that question to then kind of explore uh, the effectiveness of CTE programs. So you're going to look at the effect in the long run, but you're going to start with by asking the question, well, what kind of people go into these career and technical programs, and how do they differ from the kids who decide to do the more standard uh, academic program yeah, that's in, exactly in, right. in high school? And, and, and what do you find? Do you find that the uh, voc ed, as we used to call these people, uh, the vocational education students are... Uh, less engaged and less involved in school. That's, that's the traditional stereotype I remember from my days in high school many years ago. Yeah, so, so there is this negative non-academic stigma uh, that's associated with career technical education programs and the, the students who, are, who, who select into these programs. Uh, so we find some evidence that this is true um, in our data, uh, we can show you that... Uh, and your data is pretty good. It's a nationally representative a sample, Nationally representative right? sample, right. 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 Uh, 
that if you ask the students to tell, the, tell you about their own motivation in core academic subjects like math and English, uh, they say that they're less motivated, less interested in studying these topics. Um, you can also ask them uh, how confident and good they feel about their, their capacity and ability to do math and English. And uh, even if you control for their test scores and, and their family background, uh, they'll simply tell you that they don't feel as good about themselves uh, when it comes to these core academic subjects. And it actually turns out, too, in general, uh, students who select into CTE programs do score lower in terms of on, on test scores in, in, in math and English as well. Well, that's good to know. All the things I've thought all these many years are turn out to be true. My stereotypical thinking uh, is right on target, or, or well, it, or you know, is so it? this is where the paper gets kind of interesting. Um, so one of the the neat things that Colin and I are able to do in this paper is to take a kind of multiple measures approach to measure uh, these so-called non-cognitive skills. You know, things like motivation and personality attitudes toward, toward school. Uh, so the ELLS data, th this data set that we're using, uh, not only is it great because, you know, we have this large nationally representative sample of 10th graders, uh, the U.S. Department of Education as part of this study uh, actually asked their, the, these students' teachers to, to tell us about their students as well. So you got the students' own perceptions. Exactly. Which uh -huh. you've already reported, and now you can look at what the teachers say about right. these students. Right. So, so what do these students, math and English teachers, say about them? How do they describe their students? Well, so, so in this data, uh, teachers are asked to, to report, uh, you know, how often the students are attentive in class, or are they disruptive in class? Do they do their homework? Do they show up, or do they show up to class on time? You know, basic classroom behavioral uh, observations. Uh, now here's where the, 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 I guess, our preconceptions of, of CTE students kind of start to, to, to get a little muddied. Uh, it turns out that the students um, who eventually go on to uh, take heavy course loads of, of career technical education classes, uh, their teachers actually report the same levels of attentiveness and homework completion um, and just general classroom behavior. As and students. that's even before they go into that. It's not because once they get in there, they become interested. That's actually in 10th grade. Right, at base year. Mm -hmm. Before they really start their career and technical experience. Right, and that's exactly right. And actually, if anything, uh, the, the students who eventually select into the CTE courses of study uh, their teachers say that they're more likely to show up to class. So, so it's actually a positive view uh, of these students, if anything. So who do we believe, the students or their teachers? Is there any other way you could possibly get a handle on yeah. whether they're really this way or not? Well, so as I said, we have this, this uh, multiple measures approach to uh, capture non-cognitive skills. So, so the final way we, we measure student non-cognitive skills in, in this data set is to use, uh, so I know you like the, the phrase, unobtrusive measures. Um, yeah, well, so that's a very uh, old, old phrase that uh, sociologists uh, used when I was studying in graduate school, uh, that the best measure of all was one that was unobtrusive because then the person who was being measured didn't know that they were being measured. And so anytime you ask people questions, they try to figure out what the right answer is. Or, yeah, that's true of teachers. That's true of students. 
But if you have an unobtrusive measure, well, then people don't know they're being measured, so then you're probably going to get a less bias in that measure. Right, and that's yeah. exactly right. And so this is, this is a measure that Colin and I have developed uh, since our days in, in graduate school. Um, so, you know, as you say, rather than asking students to tell us how hard they work or how motivated they are, how engaged they are in school, what if there's a task out there that they naturally do uh, where we can kind of just observe their performance and their behavior uh, and then have them, in, in a sense, show us uh, how engaged and, and how, how hardworking they are. So what did you do? Well, so it turns out it kind of hit us in the nose here that, well, as part of this uh, data set, if the, U the U.S. Department of Education is already asking kids to complete a questionnaire, this is the same questionnaire where we get these self-reported measures of non-cognitive skills, well, the survey is given in school. It's just another uh, school-related task, like homework, classwork that they have to do regularly. So perhaps their effort and diligence on, in completing the survey can actually tell us something about how diligent and hardworking well, they don't are all, Don't the students all fill out the questionnaire? Well, no. So it turns out they don't, that there are lots of uh, students who, who skip questions. Lots of questions get skipped. Uh, some students uh, might kind of uh, exhibit low effort by, uh, and you've probably seen this if, if you're a, a high school teacher like me, uh, administering multiple choice exams where the answer to every question was A or, uh, oh, you know. Oh, or, yeah, or, just circle the first one. Yeah, circle the first one, or you have these, these interesting diagonal patterns. Uh, you know, you have students who uh, aren't really thinking about what they're answering, and so they just bubble in the answer. They're just filling in bubbles. Uh, and so this actually turns out to tell us about um, a student's So what you're saying skills. is that if they don't fill out the questionnaire properly and you have ways of measuring that, mm -hmm. you're going to say this person's less conscientious, less reliable, right. less, yeah. doesn't have the right mindset for, for learning. Right, they could be less engaged in school. And it turns out that Colin and I actually have shown in this data set as well as, as, well as others in, in some of our prior work that uh, if you can control for family background, demographics, even control for test scores, uh, and follow, you know, follow these kids longitudinally. So look at their survey effort in middle school, for example, when they're adolescents. Well, I know which answers you're going to give me. These CTE students are just lazy bums. No, right? no, that's no. Well, so it turns out that's the opposite. So this is where the, the stereotype kind of breaks down. Uh, that uh, if, you, if you actually look at survey effort uh, for students that eventually select into CTE courses, they take the surveys more seriously. And so it, turned, it seems like what, what we're describing here in terms of students who enter career technical education programs is, yeah, they're less engaged in academics. They feel less confident about academics, uh, maybe less motivated to, to work as, as hard in those courses. But if you ask their teachers, their behavior seems about the same, if not better. And uh, if you use these unobtrusive measures to, to naturally uh, observe uh, these students, uh, they seem to be more diligent and engaged in school in so, general. So maybe it's they're doing the non-conventional thing. That the conventional thing in high school now is to just go through the basic, you know, uh, algebra chemistry, uh, English one, two, three, and you know, that's what you sort of get channeled into. But if you have some initiative, 
uh, or some sense of direction, you'll say, oh, that's not for me. I want to take... Is that a possible mm-hmm. explanation for? Yeah, what that's found that's here? very possible. Uh, I mean, we think of you know these career academies or, or uh, you know voca- vocational programs and these interventions. You know, we put kids with peers that are like-minded. Um, there's ge- generally a coherent uh, curriculum and, and goal to to give these these students particular skills to make them employable. Um, to motivate them to, to pursue a, a particular post-graduation uh, goal. And so uh, it's, it could be that, that these programs do a great job of uh, kind of inspiring these kids by putting, in, putting them in, in, in some kind of program where there's a coherent set of values. Well, is there any ones. evidence that the CTE program then pays off for these kids? How, how do they compare with those who pursue the more academic program in, the, right. in terms of long-term outcomes? Yeah, so so we do have some, there's a, a smattering of, of random assignment studies out there, and I know Sean Doherty has done some work here in Massachusetts looking at some of the standalone vocational uh, schools using uh, regression discontinuity. So we've got some pretty good causal evidence for the effectiveness of these programs. And in general, these studies show that uh, career technical education programs uh, boost the likelihood of completing high school. Um, they boost uh, employment rates and, in some cases, uh, earnings later on in life. Well, um, but isn't that just in the early years? I mean, a lot of people who take the more academic track go on to the university. They get into the labor force later on, and early on, they're not going to be earning so much. But if you look over their lifetime income, they're going to do much better than the students who have a more... Uh, vocational experience. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Um, but what we can tell you from from our own data here in our own in our own paper, and now this is just descriptive. Uh, but the neat thing about uh, this this Department of Education data set is that we can uh, observe what happens to these students by age twenty five. So, you know, they're they're in their entering young adulthood, I suppose, and it turns out that at least in our data. Uh, the students who select into a CTE, a career technical education course of study, uh, consistent with the experimental literature, uh, they, they graduate from high school at higher rates. But at age 25, they're more likely to be employed full-time, and they have wage premiums that are as high as about 16%. Um, so as at least compared to those as who... As compared to took the, the more academic conventional track. Right. So at least we know by age 25... Uh, these, but, these but you can't rule out the fact, the possibility, mm-hmm. that the others will more than catch up by age 35. Maybe the others don't get out of college till 22, 23, 24, and they're now in the very early days of finding a job. Right, absolutely. So there, there is the possibility that uh, the, the, the students who select into the more academic track are just making these investment, more investments in post-secondary education that may have uh, a larger return, I suppose, on their investment. Um, now, at the same time, though, we ought to be careful about uh, taking that possibility too far, um, because it's also possible that uh, the students who select into these career technical education tracks know something about themselves and may not realize uh, a return on investment that's as great should they have gone to the uh, traditional four-year university. Uh, so it's tough to say, but you know this is uh, definitely a question that's worth exploring by uh, by researchers in the future. 
Well, what's interesting and fascinating about your study in particular, Albert, is that you're showing that the people who take this option are not just people who are uh, sort of taking the easy way out. There's much more, seems to be much more intentionality there than uh, many people would have thought. And so uh, fascinating and interesting, provocative study in a field that's rapidly emerging. We need to find out some way of measuring these non-cognitive skills mm -hmm. or things that uh, are ordinarily not looked at. And your unobtrusive measure is pretty fascinating. So. Thank you, Albert. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, this is Paul Peterson on the Education Exchange. We release our podcasts every Monday at noon. I've been speaking today with Albert Cheng, postdoctoral student at Harvard University's Program on Education Policy and Governance. Thank you very much for joining me on the Education Exchange.